Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Mark Lickman is an FSA, a CLTC, an LTCP. He is the co-founder of Buddy INS. He is a member of the CLTC Board of Advisors, the Chief Sales Officer of Life Care Assurance Company. And now finally, a guest on Money Savage Maximize. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, George. I appreciate you inviting me onto the show. Excited to have you back on, your former guest of, of, of Money Savage. So well, it is time to go. Mark, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Uh, George, as you mentioned, I have a lot of letters after my name. <laughs> I've studied long-term care in a lot of detail. My background is I'm an actuary by trade, which basically means that I work with the insurance companies to help price products, to help understand the value proposition, and I also work with uh, agents and consumers out there as well to help them find the best customized solutions for them. Uh, personally, uh, my wife is also an actuary, uh, so that's a pretty unusual situation. Uh, so in my free time, really spending a lot of time with my family, I have two young kids who are four and two. And a lot of the reason that I do this is to help families out there prepare for long-term care because I've seen it in my own family. My grandparents all needed long-term care. And I want my kids to be in a better world where, again, this isn't a problem for those out there. Nice. Well, I appreciate that very much. So let's talk a little bit about the realities of, of long-term care currently in, in the United States, maybe the number of people who it's affecting, all that kind mm -hmm. of good stuff. Yeah. You know, what really motivates me every day is there's 40 million caregivers in the United States. And these are family caregivers, people that are unpaid, who may not have expected to be in this position but because someone they love has needed to have care, meaning that they became chronically ill and were unable to care for themselves, they stepped up to the plate, they've kind of dropped their lives, and some of them have actually become full-time caregivers. Uh, so what we can do with planning, long-term care planning, is we can help those families out there so that they're not in an emergency situation and having to figure out what to do when someone around them needs long-term care. Got it. 40 million. That's a big number. There's like, what, 350 million Americans? Maybe I know. It's staggering when you think about it. And there's probably, it's probably one out of every six adults wow. is actually a caregiver today, believe it or not. Performing some kind of caregiving function. Got it. Correct. And I, I guess I should have started with just for, for definition's sake. What does it mean to, to require long-term care? Yeah, it's a great question out there. And again, people don't really conceptualize it until they actually experience it. But because so many people out there have needed care, I'm sure a lot of your audience has actually uh, experienced long-term care themselves. But basically, it means that somebody has health, had some type of health impairment. It could be an accident. Okay, For example, they got into a car accident and they're unable to care for themselves. The basic, what we call activities of daily living, eating, dressing themselves, going to the bathroom, those types of things. If you can't do it yourself, you need someone else to come in and, and help care for you. And most people do get actually care in their homes. Uh, at, at advanced ages, when you get later on in life, 
Uh, oftentimes, you're unable to care for yourself due to other reasons, perhaps uh, diseases like Alzheimer's disease. Um, you're just, you know, you have uh, grandparents who are wandering, let's say, and you need someone to watch them around the clock. Uh, if that happens, a lot of times they'll go to either an assisted living facility or potentially even a nursing home. So it, it's, it's a range of different care environments, but the basic premise is you need someone to watch after you either part-time or full-time because you're unable to care for yourself. Got it. Okay. And is there an estimated, um, it's got to be a tough, tough thing to kind of pin down, but sort of a range or an estimated cost of, of caring for somebody? Yeah. And, you know, kind of the way I picture it is, you know, it's, it depends on how much care that person needs. So it could be an hourly cost, um, you know, maybe $30 an hour for somebody from a home health care agency to come into your home and take care of you. It could be something where you have to go into a facility full time, and that might range from $4,000 all the way up to maybe $15,000 a month per month. Um, so if you look at it and you look at a long-term you know, care event, maybe someone with Alzheimer's, and if they care for, for five years, for example, today that might be a million dollars that they'd have to pay uh, to provide that care. Uh, you know, looking out 20 or 30 years from now with inflation, that might be two or three million dollars. Uh, and that's where a uh, finance financing solution comes into play, something like long term care insurance. Got it. It's it is difficult to really wrap your arms around or get your brain around the potential cost of of something like that. Millions of dollars. So it's crazy. All right. So talked a little bit about how you actually pay for it but as as you were talking i mean 40 million people are are caregivers in the united states how many people are are receiving care do we know that yeah you know it's a great question it's a similar number Um, a lot of times people are receiving care because they were disabled at a younger age or maybe they're mentally handicapped as well Um, and then there's people that needed care due to an accident or uh, an illness you know in the future due to aging I would say the majority of people who need care are probably in their 80s or 90s or even beyond that. Uh, and those numbers, of course, range in the millions, uh, probably around the similar 40 million number as the number of caregivers. Got it. Okay. Now, I'm, 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 I'm picturing in my head, you know, 100 years ago when, when our parents would, would get older and receive care or need care. It would be just the children that, that would then take care of them. They'd be living in probably the same house mm-hmm. as, as that's changed over the past, how, however long the need to figure out how to pay for this kind of care has changed. And insurance companies, I imagine saw an opportunity. Um, and so they developed long-term care insurance if you would, give us a little bit of a, just kind of a sketch of what the history looked like and wh- what it looks like today. Yeah, you know, it used to be many years ago, of course, people didn't live as long of lives as they do today. And they were also located more closely together. You know, families uh, rec- more recently in recent times have kind of moved. Some, you know, my family lives in you know, Los Angeles, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C. We're all across the country. And that's very similar to other families today. So it used to be that you'd live maybe in one household, um, even in some some cultures, you'll see multi-generations in, in certain households, but that's changing. Uh, people are also having fewer kids today. Um, and so the need for long-term care has grown. Um, so in response to that, as you pointed out, uh, the insurance companies have come up with certain solutions with the idea of if you pay money well in advance of when you need the care and you put in a little bit at a time, that over time they can grow that amount of benefits that are available to you 
if you need care. So from an insurance perspective, it, it's kind of a win-win in a way of getting insurance, which is if you don't need care, then you're pretty happy that you didn't need care because you weren't chronically ill. Right. Okay, that's a good situation. If you do need care, it helps mitigate that risk. And it can give you a multiple of what you put into it. Maybe even 10 times or 20 times as much money that's available to pay for that high cost of care that we talked about uh, if you have a catastrophic and a long-term long-term care event. So that's that's the, the concept behind insurance. Got it. Okay. And that certainly makes sense. And I know that, that working in the in the financial industry over the past 20 years, um, the kinds of policies that are available have, have definitely changed. Mm-hmm. And if you could just tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. They're what are called tax qualified policies. And uh, when HIPAA became law in the late 90s, they standardized the triggers for a lot of these policies. Tax qualified means that when you receive benefits, the benefits are received tax free. So it can become a very efficient funding mechanism where you're you know, deferring uh, any taxation. And then when you use the benefits, uh, the benefits are still received tax free. So the government put an incentive in there. So most of the policies are designed around that concept, although there's different types of solutions today. Uh, they're what are called traditional long-term care options, where it's very similar to your homeowners or auto insurance, where you put in the money and you hope, again, never to use the benefits, but you also don't expect to get anything back, a return on those on that money. Uh, and that typically gives you the most amount of leverage for the dollar, insurance leverage for the dollar. Then there are also what are called uh, hybrid solutions, which are based on a life insurance or maybe even an annuity policy which has a long-term care rider on it, which allows you to access your life insurance or annuity benefits uh, earlier than having to use them for, you know, when you're using the death benefit for the life insurance, for example. So you either get the death benefit or you get the long-term care benefits. Uh, Typically, they don't provide as much long-term care protection, primarily because they don't have the inflation options as prominently uh, as the traditional solution. So when you're looking out 30 years, you're probably not getting as much benefits out of those policies. But again, it's better to have a plan uh, than no plan at all. So I, I would say people should look at all the different options and see what makes the most sense for their specific situation. Got it. I think that certainly makes sense. Now, obviously, we receive so many of the different benefits that we have through our employers. That's where we get most of our health insurance. We get 401k retirement plans. We get all kinds of different benefits. And one that I think has been overlooked as a potential employee benefit is um, is long-term care insurance. Mm-hmm. So um, if we could talk a little bit about that, how common that is, what you think that the opportunity is, why you think it's a good thing or a win-win for employers to offer this. Yeah. And, you know, I think probably the number one way to get long-term care should be through the employer. And the reason for that is the uh, government has put in an additional incentive for businesses, whether you're a business owner, whether you're an executive in a business, or whether you're just an employee for a large company, for example, uh, if the employer purchases long-term care for the employees, if they fund it, then they actually can deduct the premiums similar to health insurance, okay? But the benefits for the employees are still received tax-free. And so what that means is, you know, if you have this additional tax incentive, it makes a lot of sense to prepare for it. Uh, For example, if you're a business owner, you should be considering actually writing your premium check through your business if that tax deduction is valuable to you. And for most business owners, it is. And I have to imagine that most people don't realize that. Yeah, no, hardly anybody is aware of that uh, because in the past it hasn't been as commonly used. 
Today, it's actually getting a lot more popular with a lot of the different long-term care solutions that are emerging. Uh, they've kind of uh, tapped into this possible opportunity. And I would say what's also happening at the same time is that employers are becoming more aware of it because of their own personal experiences. Uh, picture that you have a key employee that all of a sudden needs to take care of their spouse. Well, they're probably going to end up either reducing their time or maybe even leaving the business to do that. So it's a real concern out there amongst employers that they're going to lose key people because, again, this does affect people you know, at relatively young ages, even, even uh, in their 50s or 60s. Got it. So if a key employee has to become a caregiver, then mm-hmm. – and, and how, would this, how would this help then? Uh, so what you can do is, for example, a lot of the plans, they offer benefits for both the employee and for their spouse. Hmm. Uh, and the value proposition is even greater because they have uh, discounts for those situations. And the reason for that is when you have two people living together, the cost of insuring them is much lower than a single person living alone. So not only do you want to get coverage for your spouse or consider it just because there's there's cost savings, but also it protects both of the individuals in that couple from having to care for each other. Um, typically, you're not getting not just getting the plan for yourself financially, but you're also getting it to prevent your family from becoming your caregiver. Um, so that's how it might work. And also, what we find is that you know people can also get plans for their relatives or their parents through the employer plans. Um, probably about 60% of caregivers are the kids, okay, of the person that becomes afflicted, and even the majority of them are daughters. So really it's about, you know, do you want your daughter to become your caregiver? Most people would say they would not want that situation, particularly when they learn what's involved. And in this way, they can protect their daughter and also keep their daughter. Maybe she has a vibrant career and and not having to give that up. Yeah, well, I think that's 100% valuable. All right, so I think that simply working at a company that makes a plan like this available, that has to increase take up rates whereas if somebody was just to to not have it offered through their employer the odds of them buying a policy are probably a lot lower is there mm-hmm. is that that's just my guess yeah you know it's interesting um the primary reason people aren't looking at long-term care insurance today is because they think it's too expensive okay. or they've heard it's too expensive or it might have rate increases or these types of things but there's actually a lot of new plans out there some of which have guaranteed premiums some of which you can prepay the premiums. The real key thing is to hone in on a particular amount of money that you wanna put into the plan every month or every year, okay, that you're comfortable spending, like a defined contribution approach. So if an employee says, well, I'm putting 6% into my 401k plan, let me put one or 2% into my long-term care plan, what you can do is you can offer an incentive. The employer could offer, and it's really a small contribution relative to what they spend on 401k or health insurance. It's a very small amount, but they can maybe even contribute dollar for dollar a matching contribution for the employee that participates. And with that incentive, just like we've seen in the 401k market, you get very high participation rates. Uh, If it's a purely voluntary plan where the employee pays all, typically what we see is about 5% participation, one out of every 20 employees. When you offer something that's like a matching incentive, what we'll typically see is maybe even up to 50% participation. So it's just a great way to have the employer really not spend that much money, but really incentivize the employees to get a plan for themselves and for their spouses. Got it. And should the employee leave uh, the the company, what, what happens to the policy? 
Yeah, great question. Uh, the plans in general are fully portable. They're actually treated like individual policies. Okay, so if the employee leaves, uh, again, they might have not have the matching employer sponsorship any longer, but what they would do is continue to pay the premiums and keep the policy in force. Uh, and again, they'll be able to take that with them. Some plans even have the ability to prepay the premiums, maybe as a 10-year premium payment on a set schedule. And that way, you know, if they stay for 10 years with the employer, then they're paid up in their policy and they won't even have to pay the premiums ever again, even in their retirement years. So there's a lot of ways to design it so it meets the needs of both the employee and the employer. I have to think that that's a really attractive option for people. I don't, I, I certainly don't want to pay insurance premiums when I'm 80 years old if I can have them done by the time that I retire and actually have a plan for, for, for doing that. So I have to imagine that that's pretty attractive. Yeah, it, it's, it's extremely attractive. The only thing you have to think about is, you know, what would be the cost if you paid this you know, over 30 years, almost like a 30-year mortgage, if you want to think of it that way, versus prepaying it, you're going to need a little bit more cash flow, obviously, to pay. Instead of 30 years worth of premiums, you're going to pay it over 10 years. But again, it's not that dramatically a higher cost that it's affordable for most people still. Got it. Okay. And how 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 difficult is it for an employer to, to, to put a plan like this in place? Is it like offering health insurance? Yeah, you know, it's not that difficult. I'll say the challenging part is that you want to work with a long-term care insurance specialist. Um, it could be an agency or an agent that does this type of business full-time because there's a lot of considerations. There's uh, underwriting, which differs uh, from some of the guaranteed issue health insurance products. These products tend to be uh, more underwritten, although you have different options there. Uh, there's a lot of different carriers out there, a lot of different plan designs. So it's not a uniform marketplace. Uh, and therefore, when you're working with an expert who's an independent agent, they can actually shop the market for you and determine which is the right carrier that has the best program to fit your needs. Got it. Perfect. I think that that makes sense. Excellent. Well, Mark, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, I would say that this marketplace, uh, you know, offering uh, benefits through the employer, whether you're just a business owner and your spouse, you should take advantage of, A, the tax deductions. And if you do need assistance with your plans, uh, we just launched a website at www.buddyins.com, B-U-D-D-Y-I-N-S.com, where we can help you find a specialist agent that's an expert in the employer group marketplace. Nice. Excellent. Well, um, Mark, that, 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 that was going to be my next question. Um, where can people get a hold of you? And it is at buddyins.com, B-U-D-D-Y-I-N-S.com. Any place else you want to send people? Uh, no, that, that's actually perfect. And sorry for stealing your thunder there, George. <laughs> uh, uh, but also, uh, if you're on LinkedIn, um, I also uh, post a lot of information on LinkedIn. If you'd like to learn more about the marketplace, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me a message. And uh, we'll, we'll get to know each other better on there, too. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mark your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Specifically, if you're working at a company, talk to your benefits manager, talk to talk to the president, um, the HR folks, whoever is working with the benefits, and let them know that this is something that you would like to, to see them look into because it could be a really, really good thing. So thanks again, Mark. Thanks for all your time. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step 
from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.